This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 236, and I'm talking with Marty Heher. Marty recently placed sixth at the Olympic Marathon Trials in Atlanta. He is a professional runner for Reebok, and he is currently in his third year of medical school. He is also an NCAA champion. He ran for Syracuse. And fun fact, one of his teammates from Syracuse and also one of his teammates now also placed in the top 10 at the Olympic trials. And we talk about that a little bit in this episode. Marty has a daughter with another baby on the way. And so we get to hear a little bit about family life, med school, running, and what the race played out like for him in Atlanta. Before we get started talking with Marty, I want to thank Defunkify for sponsoring this podcast. Defunkify is my favorite liquid laundry detergent. They have odor removers, they have stain sprays, and they work. I've gotten so many stains out of the carpet in our bedroom since we started using Defunkify. And the great thing about their laundry detergent is it gets that stinky smell out of your sweaty workout clothes. Not to mention, the stinky clothes that your kids might bring in if you have kids. So this laundry detergent is perfect for my family and I think you should try it out too. Go to defunkify.com and use the code another to get 25% off your first order. Check it out. You won't regret it. Defunkify.com. Use the code another for 25% off your first order. All right, friends, if you are loving this show, one of the best ways you can support it is by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts or take a screenshot, share it with your friends on social media. Those are some of the best ways you can support this show and get it in the ears of more listeners. Another way you can support the show is going to Patreon. And for as little as 3 or $5 a month, you get bonus monthly episodes over there. You can go to patreon.com slash for more information. And I just want to say I'm thinking of everybody that is listening and super appreciative of you here. I don't know if people are listening to more or less podcasts right now because of the circumstances of being home more, but I, for one, have been feeling this like strange sense that I have this like lack of purpose in my life. I don't know um, how to change that, but certainly having this podcast to record and these episodes to put out is making me feel a little bit more normal. So I just want to say thank you all for listening because without you, I feel like my normalcy would be totally thrown off. And so I just appreciate each and every one of you listening. I hope you are all staying safe. And and if anybody listening has been affected by COVID-19, our thoughts and prayers are with you right now. And for those of you who are working in the healthcare industry or any industry where you are on the front lines during this COVID crisis, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you for all that you do. I know it's just a really hard time for everybody, so just know that you are not alone and so many other people are feeling that way and we will come out of this on the other side. We will. All right, let's enjoy my conversation with Marty Heher. Well, today on the podcast, we have Marty Heher on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Marty. Thank you so much for having me. Did I do the last name right? You did. You nailed it. Perfect. All right. So I just saw on uh, your Twitter feed that your rotations have been uh, called off for the next three weeks. So how are you feeling about that? Yeah, it was, you know, it's kind of been this, you know, it's like a series of falling dominoes. First, they, you know, they've been sending emails every few days like, oh, we're preparing for things, preparing for this and that. Um, And yeah, they finally gave us the official word on Friday that, I mean, we only had three weeks left in our third year. Um, So I think they're kind of just hoping to do some online stuff, have that cover 
you know, kind of the end of, the, of that rotation and uh, that be that. But, you know, it's just kind of following suit with everything else going on in the world right now. And I don't think anyone is willing to take the risk to keep on, you know, having more people going out about, particularly in the hospitals, um, than there needs to be. So, yeah, you know, I'm okay with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you are coming off an exciting finish at the trials, which is, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast, sixth place mm-hmm. at the Olympic marathon trials with a over two minute PR, which is just incredible on that course. So, um, first, I guess I'd love to just hear, how are you feeling two weeks out? It feels fine. Like, you know, I, it's, it's almost sad. Like you have something that you've been kind of thinking about and working towards for years. I mean, I can truly say it's been years since I've been thinking about that race. Um, so it's definitely almost like, um, you know, like you kind of miss it. It's just like, Oh man, it's done and gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but especially, you know, yes, it went, it went well, it went pretty exceptional. I, I missed that last you know, extraordinarily exceptional mm-hmm. aspect of it. But um, besides that, yeah, I mean, I, I'm feeling good. Um, body feels really good. I started jogging around again, so that's been fun. Um, and, yeah, I'm still just letting things soak in a little bit and trying to keep a level head amidst the world right now. I know. It feels crazy. Do you think the trials would have been canceled, like, if they were right now? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's yeah. we kind of got lucky that uh-huh. it happened when it did. I think a couple more weeks later, and there would have been some serious thoughts on um, on canceling it, especially now you're kind of whispers of postponing the Olympics for a year. So it almost would have worked out, I guess, okay if they canceled it, because then they could have just – because maybe if the Olympics get canceled, then they would have just did it in a year. But um, – I mean, I'm I'm glad it happened. I'm I'm glad we we got it in, and all that kind of hard work and preparation didn't go to waste. But I I do think it would have been canceled if it was any later. Yeah, I wonder even if it was a week out, if they would have said no spectators, if they could even try you know try to do that or encourage no spectators and just let the athletes run. But um, I know because I went and spectated myself and just had the best time, and I'm like. I'm glad we got to experience that, but is that selfish? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Like, did we cause more harm? Yeah, than good. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So I think at this point we should just be happy it happened and yeah. everyone had a great time. And you know, you know, that's that's all we can do. It's it's it's, it's come and gone. <laughs> yeah, agree, agree. Let's get everybody uh, caught up to speed on who you are. I know you ran for Syracuse and I did, we don't need to go into the whole backstory of like, you know, I ran in high school and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to give the big picture of where you came from to get to this point to place sixth at the Olympic marathon trials. And, you know, you're a third year med student with a daughter and a wife. And I think we talk to a lot of moms about, oh, how do you do it all how do you fit it all in and quite frankly it's like a little bit sexist because um you know like my husband's working full-time and running a lot and has four kids just like I do you know (laughs) and and same with you like your wife's a nurse you're in med school and and everybody has regardless of gender has a busy schedule and a busy plate so um you have a really unique and interesting story and I would love to just kind of hear a little bit about your path to getting to this point. So maybe we start with running at Syracuse and having a great college career there and, and what was next. Yeah. So I, you know, I went to Syracuse and was pretty good runner, which show worked out and it, I really enjoyed my time there. And, um, but at the same time, even when I was started at, at college, I had always been thinking like pre-med and you know, I want to be a doctor. That's going to be my kind of my place. Um, I come from a big family of nurses, actually. My mom's a nurse. My sisters are nurses. All my aunts are nurses. Um, so I've just, just kind of always had that kind of background and just um, ex- exposure as a kid. So I just always want to be a doctor. Um, so with that in mind, um, you know, I did the student athlete thing. I did all my required classes so that I could apply to medical school um, by the end of my time at Syracuse. And I was doing really well in both. You know, I did well in school. Um, 
got my A's. Uh, we the, the running got better and better as we went. You know, kind of culminated in my my fifth year. Um, I had cross country left, like eligibility left. So I, you know, that was kind of when we won our our national championship as a team. Um, during that time, kind of during that season, I was flying around doing some interviews for school. And so it was, you know, it was, it was a busy time kind of juggling. I've always kind of been juggling the two things, um, mm-hmm. it seems like for a long time now. And then I, you know, I had the rest of that year at Syracuse where I didn't have eligibility. Um, but I was, you know, was still fi- finishing out my graduate program before I guess medical school would have started in the fall. But I kind of had to make the decision of I, I, I got into some schools. I got into Thomas Jefferson. I got into a couple schools in Boston, um, one down in Richmond. And ultimately, I had to make this decision of, uh, you know, do I do I start medical school, which I really want to do? Or, um, you know, I've now, you know, we won a national championship. I ran a couple uh, road races in my time after that and did pretty well at the U.S. 15K championships and uh, the Cherry Blossom 10 miler. And, you know, it's I kind of been plagued with doing just good enough where I'm like, man, I could still do this. I could still do this. Um from the running side of things. And ultimately I was able to work it out with Thomas Jefferson is where, you know, the school I liked the most. Um, they were happy to let me defer a year um, so that I could run. I mean, I, I told them I wasn't going to like lie and say, you know, I want to do a research position somewhere. Uh, no, I told them like, you know, I have had this passion. This is kind of my background and I'm good enough to keep running. And I'd like to pursue that for at least a year. Um, and they, and they were cool with that. So, um, you know, my wife and I, you know, we weren't married at that point, but we moved out to Arizona because I, you know, that's when I started sending emails and I got linked up with Coach Rosario at Northern Arizona Elite. And, uh, you know, we kind of clicked and I ended up going out to Flagstaff and doing the, the pro runner thing for a year. And it was great. I mean, we had a great time. I really loved my time out there. And, but then, you know, started getting toward the end of that year and I had a juggle the same decision that I've you know I had to make a year earlier which was all right do I go to school I can't defer another year um do I keep running you know things were going well with the running but at the same time ultimately I decided I didn't want to give up the medical school route or you know have to you know had I not went to school I would have had to redo everything the MCAT Mm, the application mm -hmm. process interviews it would have been really expensive first of all I don't think yeah. people tell you how ex- how expensive it is to do all those tests and I, and applications but um yeah so ultimately uh, when I had that conversation with coach Rosario he he kind of already knew it was coming because mm. you know I, it was it was weird for me to set up a meeting with him in the first place and he he knew and he was super understanding and said hey if it, if it was anything besides medical school I'd try to talk you out of it but but I totally understand like it's a long road and something you want to get started so you know that was really cool of him to be understanding of that. Um, so I kind of started up at Thomas Jefferson in 2017, came out here and finished out that year with the, the Hoka team. And then, yeah, I was kind of, you know, kind of happy doing my thing. And by the end of that year, though, I kind of went back and texted my college coach, coach Fox and said, Hey, my time is up. Um, with NAZ elite, like, would you be interested in kind of coaching me again? And even though I'm in school, like I'm still would like to keep trying to run. Um, because you know, people ask, well, why, why did you want to do that? I'm like, well, I just love running. Um, it's, it's something I've really enjoyed doing and I've always said, I'll just keep doing it while it's still fun and not taking away from like, you know, my life or my family and things like that. So, you know, so I sent that message and he said, Hey, absolutely. There's actually like, we're working on something, um, I got something in the works and he didn't really tell me what it was for a while. I was like, all right, like, you know, I, I trust you. And that's kind of the year that they got the, the Reebok team up and running. Um, so I kind of got enveloped in with that and it worked out nicely. Um, being back with coach Fox, it's worked out really well. Um, cause his kind of training style is very laissez faire, like hands off. Um, and I can fill in a lot of my details around my school schedule. Um, so that's kind of what I did for that year. And kind of that whole time when we first, when I first talked to him, that first conversation was, all right, like, we're thinking long term. Like, 
let's do the Olympic marathon trials mm. in two and a half years. Like that was literally the thought two and a half years ago. Um, I hadn't even run a marathon yet. Um, but we kind of thought that's where I was going to be. You know, that's kind of where my, my potential was. Um, so that was, I was like, all right, well, we got to run one first to qualify. And, um, the end of 2018 is when I signed up for the, the CIM. Now I'm in my second year of school. Um, and fortunately the first couple of years of medical school is very heavy lecture classroom based. Um, so it's not too different from regular college, just a little more intense, um, a little bit more time in the classroom and just a lot, a lot more information that you got to know. But um, there was always time to just set that alarm a little earlier and get <laughs> get the get the running in. Um, and also around that time is when McKenna was born. She was born summer of 2018. Um, so we kind of figured out <laughs> parenthood that summer and um, that was a lot of fun. And, but yeah, um, trained for that, that marathon that fall, it went pretty well just doing as Fox called it. Like we, we, we kind of half trained for it, like, you know, or not half trained, but we trained about 80%. Like, he's like, I don't want, I need you to get that qualifying time. Right. Um, like he's, I know you got a lot going on. We just need to make sure we get that 219. Um, and you know, I felt confident. I was, I set my my goal a little higher than obviously the 219 um and yeah but we we definitely didn't do as much as we could have just for the sake of being smart and uh but but it worked out really well um yeah okay so was the trials only your second marathon yes okay so you ran cim 2018 and Mm -hmm. ran that 213 so that kind of okay so that makes a lot more sense to me then um based on how you say that like you ran the 213, you PR'd by two and a half minutes in Atlanta, which is a considerably harder course, but sounds like you trained at just 80% for CIM. So you could have probably smashed CIM more like 210 had you trained at how you trained for Atlanta. I, I mean, I would like to think so, yeah. but yeah, it, you don't it, know, it, it's but, hard to know, right. but yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not um, to belittle the PR, two and a half minute PR. That's still a huge deal um, on that course, uh, you know, a year and a couple months later. But still, it's it makes a little bit more sense to me now that I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Not not. It isn't as surprising when. Yeah, I trained. I did feel like I trained quite a bit harder for this one this time around um, okay. than before. So, yeah. So once you had <laughs> your daughter. Do you ever think like, and this is not, I hope people don't take this the wrong way. Uh, you always get, you always get nervous about what people think you might mean when you say a certain thing, when you're talking mm-hmm. in front of thousands of people. But did, once you had your daughter, did you realize like, oh, I probably had, a, I had a lot more free time than I realized. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you definitely so, I mean, I've always been one that's kind of realized how much free time there really is in the sure, day by squeezing okay. in all the running in the first place. Yeah. But then, yes, then all of a sudden you have a baby and you realize, oh, man, like all that, you know, the couple hours in the morning, like before you go to work or school, like those were that that's free time. And the hours when you get home and it's like dinner time and the baby's still up for another couple of hours. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. When you don't get any time, any downtime anymore. I totally agree. You realize, wow, um, the, yeah, you, you had a lot more than you thought. You, as always, we all take it for granted, right? Um, right. Until it's gone. <laughs> I mean, even when I'm on trips and away from my kids, I'm like, I know that I have the free time, and I know I'm away from them, but I still don't like fully understand it until I'm back in the in the ring with everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, yeah, that's why, you know, the, you know, Monica and the baby are are gone right now. And I've been getting the time. I mean, I've been playing catch up for my time off from school and like, it's been, I'm like, all right, I got to get all this done because I know when, when they come back, it's, it's back to real life and uh, back to squeezing things in the wee hours of the night, kind of when the baby's finally asleep and you've, and you've got like an hour before you want to go to bed. And that's pretty much the only real free time you get as a parent. Yeah, the time like after your kids go to sleep and before you do, yeah, before you go to sleep. <laughs> well, also back to the um, Anasi Elite stint, I wondered about that because I saw you were there for ten months, but 
that explains a lot the whole that you were able to defer for a year because from just like researching you a little bit and trying to learn about your life you don't realize oh I didn't realize oh he actually had that year to like decide um and if you would have put it off even longer I imagine training professionally for you know another three or four or five six seven years then trying to go back to med school aside from the cost and you know, having to retake everything, just the motivation to go back and do all that would be so hard when you're so far removed. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, I feel like you, you definitely hear it a lot. Like the, the longer you've been out of school, the harder it is to go back. Oh Um, yeah. Especially if you're like making money and then going back like full time and just going into debt versus making money. Yeah. It's, that's super true. And which is why, you know, I might get a little criticism. Well, why didn't he, he should have stuck it out a little longer and maybe, you know, he could have done even better had, you know, adjusting to a new system and like training system, you know, like 10 months to a year isn't really enough time, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I agree to that or I agree with that to some degree, but kind of like, like you just said, like I knew if I didn't go to school then it definitely would have hurt my chances of going back in the future. And, and that, and that wasn't something I was willing to give up. Well, and this is no shade. I love the NAZ group. I mean, like they are like my favorite group to interview. I've interviewed most of everybody on their team. But Uh if you look at how the men did, you still you still placed above everybody. And that's, you know, Scott didn't have a great race. There's tons of other factors, but you went and pursued what you wanted to do and still competed amazingly. And who's to say that had you stuck training with those guys Maybe you still would have gotten six. Maybe you would have got third, but maybe you would have gotten 20th, you know? So, you know, it's your, it's your path. I totally agree. Um, I think like, yeah, I, I am actually a big believer in being happy with like the rest of your life. In addition to the running, I think when you're just running, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to think about anything else, but when, you know, I was really happy with where everything was, I, you know, I'm working towards becoming a doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. And like, it, it, it just makes the running all just, just, just bonus. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, I, I just agree. Like the path I'm on is works best for me and makes me the happiest runner I can be. And I think you run better when you're happy and, um, you can't really think about what ifs. Yeah. I guess my question though is, cause you're still pretty young. Um, how long can one sustain the, you know, like the schedule? Because I think in your twenties, you have a, you have a daughter, you know, you're still super durable with your body. And I mean, I just think the older we get, we need more sleep, right? Um, (laughs) we get worn down. So how long do you think it, it could be sustainable or do you just kind of play it year by year, day by day? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think the what's looming next for me would be a medical residency mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I've always said in my head, like, that's going to be it. Because, you know, you, you're, you're, you're really in charge of people's lives. You're and they work, you kind of work like a dog for a good three or four years. I um, can't imagine where you're doing, you know, minimum 60 hours a week with the on calls and overnights and things. Um, and that's kind of like across the board, no matter what specialty you go into. So with that in mind, yeah, that's, that would make the professional running thing pretty difficult. Um, but you know, there's always, you know, I always just kind of see what happens when the time comes and what my goals are, um, you know, in running wise and, so I, I guess I'm a little more like I never really go more than like a year out. Okay. Bef- um, as far as like I'll see if you know if there's something I need to make work with school or work or residency, like I can try to work it out with you know advisors and deans and things. Um, and it, it's worked so far. So. <laughs> Does it make um, you sad to think of entering the phase like the three four year stint of residency and then some maybe depending on your specialty like to give up that competition side of running um yeah yeah in, in short yeah yeah um it's it's kind of funny actually now that you you say that like I was initially this whole year chalking up the 
you know, Olympic trials marathon kind of as my, the culmination of my, my running journey and kind of that being it. Um, which is why I was kind of as all in as I was. Uh Um, but now that I'm finished, like, I just know that, that that's, or, you know, with the race being over now, I just know that that's not true. Mm -hmm. Like I'm already trying to think of which race I can run in the fall and, and, um, just, you know, cause I, cause I can, cause there's, it's still an option. So, um, but yeah, as far as like when I really have to give it up, I just, I just really want to make sure I'm ready for, you know, that I'm okay with that. Cause I agree. It, it could be, it would be really hard if I wanted to keep doing it and I couldn't, um, versus kind of finally saying, okay, like I'm happy with what I've done and let's, uh, let's put running on the back burner for once. Yeah. Do you think that you said your eye in a fall? Do you think that you would do one of the majors and it's crazy like Boston being postponed to the fall and everything? Yeah. It's like the options are, yeah. are endless <laughs> this fall. Um, so yeah, I think it would definitely be, I would definitely aim for one of, one of the majors. Um, probably it would be easier to do like a, a one in the United States versus anything overseas and such. Uh, so yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's a conversation I still need to have with coach Fox and my agent, Josh Cox. Um, but yeah, that is, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm seeing, I'm, I can already see my fourth year schedule now and, things could work out. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the actual trials a little bit. Let's dive into that story. Uh, uh-huh. Sixth place, bathroom break, mile 18, <laughs> enter mile 19 and 21st place and end up placing sixth, which is just incredible. So my first question is, did you surprise yourself? No. Um, Love it. Not really. Yeah. Um, I truly was you know, just was trying to be top three. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's me and my, my teammate, Colin Benny, who got ninth place. Um, I mean, we knew we were doing our thing in Charlottesville and like going way under the radar, but if yeah. you would have asked us or our coaches, like they would, they would, they would have said we were going to be top 10. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, so, so, so no, we didn't surprise ourselves. Uh, that's where we wanted to be. That's where I wanted to be. Um, but, you know, so, yeah, that's – it pretty much went – that's kind of what I was – what I already said. Like, it went as good as it could have went. I, that's why I can't be too mad at myself, you know, for not making the team because I did run that huge PR. And, and even with the unfortunate bathroom stop, um, you know, that still only costed me 15, 20 seconds max. And I just – I got plain beat by more than that. So it wasn't, um, you know, I had as good of a day as I could have had. And that's, that's as much as I could have asked for. Yeah. I love that. You didn't surprise yourself. You just surprised everybody else. Cause like you said, you were flying <laughs> under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. And I've talked to a couple women that, you know, Julia Conan, who placed 10th, who were also uh-huh. flying under the radar. Um, it's one of those things where you, a lot of athletes, do several interviews and you know it's just who they're who's talking about who because they're super active on social media um or you really know about their groups so it's really fun as a fan to see stories like yours pop up like your people knew what you were doing knew what you were capable of but we maybe weren't watching so closely right right and i think that's what makes the the marathon in particular but the marathon the olympic marathon trials like is fun and unpredictable of a race as it is like like what 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 it says on paper doesn't mean anything on race day um because it's so hard to really know how it like what everyone's doing where everyone's at um even with the teams that are really kind of forward and transparent with how things are going like you still just never know how someone's gonna do on the day and that's that's why we run the race and have as much fun with it as we do All right, friends, I'm going to take a quick break and thank our sponsor for this episode, and that is Defunkify. Defunkify is my favorite liquid laundry detergent. It is so good. You have to try it. They have odor remover and stain remover, and it gets the job done. There's 
different scents you can choose from. I love the lemongrass scent. And and what Defunkify does is it gets the stink out of your sweaty workout clothes or any other stink that you might have in your clothes. Some of those shirts you think that they're goners, you're not going to ever get that stink out. Well, try Defunkify and it will change your mind. Go to Defunkify.com and use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order. I will put the link to that in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Marty Heher. Yeah, so I think it's also, it humanizes on a level of the rest of us runners who are trying to run three, four-hour marathons, like, that you could actually stop and use the bathroom and still play six in the Olympic marathon trials, <laughs> like running, you know, running a five-minute mile. Like, you could stop quickly, go do your thing, and get back out there, and your race is not destroyed. And it wasn't destroyed, so... People are scared, though, to stop for the bathroom sometimes because they don't want to ruin their race. Right. Well, you know, I ultimately I think what those people and the question I had to ask myself was, if I don't go, am, am I going to run faster or slower? And I right. was pretty sure I was almost positive I was going to run slower if I tried to hold it in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's was a calculated move you know i wasn't happy about it i will i was i'll actually admit i was pretty pissed um like when i kind of made that decision in my head i had just picked up my bottle my 18 and i knew i was like i can't drink this mm-hmm. like this is just gonna be the end of me and then i kind of thought well i'm already kind of there and i saw the porta potty so i just angrily spiked it down and ran in there um but yeah i mean it's you just it's 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 just about rolling rolling with the unpredictable punches uh you know like just because you had to stop doesn't mean that you have to just you know oh man like the race is over like it just means all right now i'm good to go again yeah so it's just being able to not shut down mentally because things weren't perfect that's that's an important aspect of, of racing i guess were you feel like were your legs feeling good? Were you like ah, everything else feels great? I'm in the zone. Did you know that you were about to hit a spot where you were going to start picking people off? Yeah, I was feeling good. I was running with the pack, like right where I wanted to be. That was you know with Jared Ward and um, I mean my other teammates and I think Brendan. Gr- I mean it was like the chase pack, like yeah. for like yeah uh, you know a few like maybe maybe five guys that went off the front and then we were just I, I knew we were going to reel them in. There's a whole lot of race left and I, I was feeling really good. Um, so yeah, like everything else was going perfect, which is why it was a bummer to have to stop. But at the same time, which is why I started hammering once I got out of that bathroom and then it, it was fortunate that people did start splintering in those next few miles and I was able to just keep picking them off, which was all the motivation I needed to just keep on pressing, you know? Yeah, I saw a quote, Scott Smith said, you looked like you were a bat out of hell or something like that running out of the porta potty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to him after the race and he's like, Yep, last time I saw you, you were shooting out of the porta potty. <laughs> and I was I didn't yeah, I didn't even realize uh, you know, I was just like I said, just kind of eyes were seeing red and I just shot out of there and started running. Um but yeah, that's that sounds pretty accurate. It's <laughs> it's funny to that he even noticed that. You never know what, what you all are paying attention to and also when you mentioned that you felt good in the pack and you were like you were kinda waiting like you knew that people were gonna splinter off. It's like as a spectator watching the big group, like when you're all in a big pack you never know who's feeling like what, like who's like, I'm about to lose this. Who's like, I'm about to leave these people. It's right. You know, it's it. That's part of the fun of watching as a spectator though, is, is you don't know who's going to make what move. Right. Well, and, and it's kind of the same for the runners in the pack. I mean, as well, like I knew I was feeling, sure. good, but I had no idea how anyone else was feeling. So you're just hoping that people start falling falling around you like you know just crumbling and then that'll that's just keep keep, keeps you going did you going into the race have your eyes on jake riley like did you know that he was a big contender to make the team um he was definitely one of the names that popped up a lot i know he was the top american at chicago um this past fall so i knew yeah he had run fast he ran run 210 um so yeah i mean i didn't it wasn't like i don't I don't think I would have picked him to make the team yeah. like most people. <laughs> yeah. But um, I definitely knew he was going to be up there and he was going to be one of the guys. Yeah. 
talk to us about the course. You're like, I think you might be my last trials recap um, interview. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm kind of sad to be leaving it behind, but I want to still soak up all the things. So um, keep reliving it. I know. So tell us about um, training and like what that course, were you totally prepared for the hills and the wind and was it what you expected? I'm sure you were in course previews. Yeah. So that was another big reason why I really knew I needed to get the time off for the, the seven weeks before the race from school and get down to Charlottesville to train because Philadelphia is pretty pancake flat. Like you'd have, you really have to go out of your way to find some Hills. Um, whereas Charlottesville is the polar opposite. It was every single run there was brutal. Mm. Like there's no, like as par- particularly all of our long run and workout venues. It's just big rolling Hills for as, you know, as far as the eye can see. So, you know, the, so that, that was a big part of the training was doing all of our hard work, all of our tempos and long runs were over pretty big Hills. Um, so, I definitely think that was something we took into account. And I'm willing to bet everyone took it into account. Everyone knew this course was going to be crazy hilly um, and that you needed to run a lot of hills when you were training for it. Um, So we, you know, I got down there and was doing that for five or six weeks. And then we did go do a little course preview um, about, I don't know, three weeks out or so. We uh, flew down there just for a quick day. Uh, Colin and I ran a loop. And by the end of it, we're like, okay, like this, you know, it's, there is not one flat section on this course. That is very true. However, it's not, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't anything we were worried about. Like we were like, okay, we were very prepared for this based off of what we were doing back in Virginia. So that was a little comforting to, you know, put in a lot of hard work on some hilly terrain and then get there, check it out and be like, okay, like, we, you know, we're, we're in a good place for this. Um, so we didn't have to think too much about it. And then the wind, like you said, like, I mean, that's, that's something no one can really prepare for outside of, right. I don't know if you're from a windy place maybe, but, uh, you know, that's something that affects everyone as well. So, so talk to us about your coach, Chris Fox. He also was your coach at Syracuse. Um, you mentioned that his training was pretty lax as far as letting you rearrange things with your schedule uh, but share with us what some of that training was like and what you peaked out with your mileage and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of started thinking, okay, marathon training 16 weeks out, like four months out, which kind of put us at the beginning of, um, which would have been the beginning of November, but really, um, it was really after Thanksgiving when we said, all right, it's time to start marathon training. And that, at that point we, um, we kind of built up to 110 miles a week was where we sat for pretty, for pretty much the two months leading up to the race. That was the number that kind of felt good enough. You know, that's as much as we could run and keep it all together. Um, And then it was mainly, we kind of alternated between um, two workouts in a week with the second one being in the long run um, versus, and then the, the next week would be, two workouts with ink and then a lot like a regular long run without a workout. Okay, um, okay. so that, so that was kind of the structure where we just alternated back and forth. Um, that way, you know, I think more traditionally you get a lot, it's usually like two workouts a week plus a long run pretty much every week, but, uh, doing it this way, getting like, I guess the one less workout every two weeks really made us allow, allowed us to get in some pretty hard ones on, the week when we only had the two, um, and really get the most out of our long runs. I love that strategy. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, it worked for us. We were kind of, so kind of the week where we only had a Wednesday workout and then the workout in the long run on Saturday, those were actually harder weeks uh-huh. than we had, than we had when we had the two workouts within, within an e- easier long run. Um, just because that's when we kind of did our big, I mean, the training wasn't really anything. There's really nothing special and no magic, uh, in the coach Fox training and he'll say the same thing. Uh, it's just kind of consistent, like a lot of tempos that, that was, that's pretty much our main work was tempos in the long runs. Like if we were going to do a long run workout, it would be 10 miles at marathon pace, 
you know, eight year, you know, even less than that. That was our biggest one was the 10 miles at marathon pace really? within. Okay. Yep. That's it. Some, you know, some programs are big into, um, like, you know, the 15, 16 miles at marathon pace. Um, you know, I think a, another key point of the coach Fox kind of philosophy is, I'd rather you be 90, 95%, 96% trained mm-hmm. and feeling good than, than 101% yep. and and be just that much overcooked. Um, and I think it really works. I mean, for me, it works really well. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for getting through all your work pretty tired, but getting through it all successfully and, you know, and then staying healthy and all the, all the good things that come from not overdoing it on a daily and weekly basis. Um, so, so yeah, our longest hard effort was only 10 miles, like at race pace. That is really cool to hear. I, I mean, because I'm sure this happens on the elite and professional level plenty, but I know firsthand watching it happen with athletes, like in my, you know, the way I, I train, you know, I'm like a three eleven marathon or like, I know I see it so much with people around that level, just overtraining, overtraining. And I see some of these workouts that people do and I'm like, damn, you should be running like (laughs) 20 minutes faster in your marathon than you actually do. So, um, it's really refreshing to hear. And I don't think I've ever done, um, as a, you know, everyday runner, I've never done a marathon long run more than 10, 11 miles with marathon pace because it just kills my body. Like I can't handle it. Right. Yep. That's, I mean, we, you know, we secretly get a lot of guilty pleasure seeing some of these crazy workouts that a lot of our, <laughs> our, you know, rivals and, and friends right, are, right, right. are, are doing. And it's like, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a really that's, cool workout on hard. paper, <laughs> but that was also like 24 miles, really hard work. Um, and then you're going to go do something hard again, two days later. Yeah. So it's, that's just the philosophy that, that we subscribe to with uh, under the coach Fox plan. And you know, that's, you know, a big part of it is believing in what you're doing. And I mean, there's nothing against people who really like, who get a lot of confidence from doing those really impressive workouts. And I think there's definitely confidence to be gained from those as well. But, um, you know, I think, I mean, I like what we do a little better though. And I, and I think it's a little more, um, translatable to everyone else too. Like it, 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 it's hard to tell, someone who you know just like a regular marathoner it's like okay you have to go do a 15 16 miles at your marathon pace like that's not you know someone who's just living a normal life can't do that but you know doing it our way it's like yeah you just you don't need to do that just you know try to get half that much in and you're going to be great i don't know just something that i feel like translates better to the general masses i agree you know what's interesting is that the marathoner who's just starting out who has never you know competed at any kind of you know college level or anything like that and they want to run their first marathon it is so hard for many people to wrap their head around the fact that they are actually going to run a marathon so much faster than they run their 15 16 mile run (laughs) they just can't I I've explained this so many times people just can't get it but if I can't do it in practice how am I going to do it when I do the marathon and it's just it's so hard to explain how that actually works and that it actually does work. And I do think that people probably are doing that overtraining because they lack the confidence. So how do you go into races like the trials with confidence, knowing that something like 10 miles is your longest marathon pace in a long run? Um, yeah. I mean, I think because I've done it before, that's what we did leading up to, um, you know, the CIM marathon I did a year and a half ago. And, and I think I put a lot of stock and I think a lot of other people should too, in how much more physical, like just how much your body has to give on race day. Um, it's just so much more than on a general boring practice day. Like you're like the, 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 the adrenaline, just the hormones, the, your, your, your mentality, like, like, your you your body knows how to step to really step it up when it matters um and yes it's it's a hard thing because you can't you know you just have to wait until race day to really get that boost but 
I think it's just being confident that you know you are going to get that boost because it's race day. You got the flats on, you got the lights, you know, you got your light jersey on. It's mm-hmm. just everything all plays a part. Write that down. That's your takeaway, everybody. That <laughs> I really think it like, you know, I, I feel like every conversation has a big takeaway. And I feel like at this point in the conversation, that is a takeaway. People underestimate how much more their body has to give on race day. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Um, yeah. Talk to us about your your wife and your daughter. When did you meet your wife? And I like to hear how people met their significant others. Uh-huh. Well, we have, uh, you know, kind of the classic high school sweetheart love story. Um, and we were from the same town. We grew up. Our houses are five miles apart where our parents oh. are. So, um you know, she, she actually did. We were both on the same cross country team in ninth grade. We're the, we're the same years as well. Uh, but we didn't really get to know each other until more like um, 10th grade. We had a class together. And then just slowly, I mean, we laugh about it now, but we did have a pretty slow, awkward re- relationship <laughs> at, the, at, at the beginning because I liked her for a bit. Um, but she, she didn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't reciprocated. And then I kind of was like, all right, I kind of gave up. And then all of a sudden I find out later on that she liked me for a long time. And I thought she was, you know, I thought she wasn't into it. And then, so yeah, <laughs> but then ultimately we went to prom together our junior year and, uh, we've been together ever since. So, um, you know, we, we went to different schools. I mean, she went to Hartwick, which is like a really good school for nursing in also in New York. So, we kind of did the long distance thing for the whole five years um, that I was at Syracuse. But fortunately, I, I say it's a little easier because at least on every school break we had, like we went to the same place. We both right. went to Washingtonville. So that that made it a little easier instead of having to split time even on vacations and such. Um, but I, I, you know, I did many a, a weekend trips to keep keep the flame alive and you know it 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 was fun we we still did really well together and then um and then pretty much I was graduating and we were kind of planning again that trip out to Arizona and she was really on on top of things and like okay well I got to get a job um you know she had finished her nurse practitioner degree so she actually flew out to Flagstaff before we uh, for a job interview before we even left, probably like a month before we left. Um, so she could kind of get a job all lined up. And I, like, I didn't do too much planning beforehand besides I, I got a ring, you know, I kind of <laughs> got the ring all planned out, but I didn't really have any sort of plan. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, I'm going to go out here. And, and it, the job was actually closer to Sedona, which a lot of people know it's like a beautiful place and the red rocks and all these hikes. And it's, you know, a very picturesque, beautiful place. So I was like, oh, I'll come along and, you know, drive you around and get you to your interview and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we had a free morning. So I kind of planned a hike up to Cathedral Rock and, you know, asked her to marry me up there. And she it was great because she had no idea. She was all worried about a job interview, you know. Uh, so she was totally shocked. And that was, you know, that kind of started that. And then we got married a y- exactly a year later back in New York. Um, and then the baby came um, a year after that. So wow. it was, yeah. So it was, yeah, just boom, boom, boom. And, uh, we do have, it's not a secret, but, uh, we, 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 we do have number two coming <gasps> oh. in July. Oh, wow. Yep. Congratulations. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. I yeah, did not know so, that. Uh, yeah. You, you know what? I slipped it in, um, my, my athlete bio for the trials, like all the athletes oh, had, had, had a bio. But, um, just for fun, I mean, it's like, again, all, like all our families have known for a long time now. It's just, I, there wasn't any like formal announcement or yeah, anything yeah, though. Yeah. So, uh, you didn't plan yeah. like the picture perfect Instagram post. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> this time, you know, you gotta, you gotta draw a line somewhere. I was like, ah. <laughs> After number two, it's old hat. So yeah, you can't, you got, you, you, you gotta act like you've been there before. So did so, you do uh, a fancy post for the first one? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, 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 we had, and we had like the, the gender reveal party, uh-huh, all, all the things. that good stuff, all the things, but no, this time we just, we've been celebrating ourselves a little bit, but it is going to be a baby girl. Okay. So another we girl. Do have another girl. Yep. Hashtag girl dad. Yep. That's a trendy, um, that's trending right now. <laughs> very trendy. 
Uh, and yeah, so uh, just kind of keeping the keeping it going. Um, we're pretty excited. We've always been all about the the young parent life. Or, I mean, not so much the young parent life, but no, but you are young s- parents. Yeah, I yeah. guess in in today's world, we're considered young parents. Um, but we're all about kind of like doing it now, having the kids, being young, having the energy, and then and then you know they grow up, and then we'll still be and we'll still be kind of young and be able to do 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 fun stuff. I feel like there's the two schools of thought right there now is. with becoming a parent. It's like you 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 live up your 20s and maybe early 30s as a you know a single person doing all the fun stuff, traveling, uh, and then you have kids, or you do it the other way around, and you have kids earlier and do all the fun stuff later on. So totally, I guess it just depends on how many you have because I'm like yeah. we had our first when I was 29, and we had our fourth when I was. Just it was like two weeks before I turned thirty five, and I and we're done. But I'm like, if I had one more at this point, I'd be like thirty eight by the time I had the baby. So it's like really, we really would be stretching that per- time period out, right, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, well, yeah, you started early, but it didn't end <laughs> ending early. Uh-huh. Right, right, uh-huh. right, right. I was gonna ask you that because you know, family, you know, family planning is difficult. Like people, you say you want to have babies at a certain time and, you know, tons of people struggle with infertility and you just, you don't know Mm -hmm. really what will happen. Um, so it sounds like though you guys planned this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was wanted to do this young. We, we did. Yeah. We absolutely planned our first baby and, but it was kind of weird. We, we really had to extra plan the second one just because the the only thing was okay, we can't have the baby before the Olympic trials. Like that's mm. you know the marathon. It'd be that, that's, real tough. Uh, that's my one thing. Yeah. So it was like okay, we had to wait, and then it's and then of course it took uh, you know a few months of of trying. It took almost four months, and we're like oh well now we had to wait. You know it's it's just it's weird when you actually are planning it. It just it almost makes it more stressful <laughs> when you're like wait this happened so easy the first time why is it four months already yeah. and you know exactly in exactly. the grand scheme of things it's not a long time but when it happened simply the first time it just you start thinking about overthinking it yeah yeah yep oh uh, yep. well that's so, exciting uh, now do you have thoughts do you guys want a big family are you good with two what do you what do you hope for or do you not know ah that's a good question I you know you know what I say there's everyone has a number of kids they want to have before they've had sure, one sure. and after they've had one. Um, we, we were always saying like, oh man, we're, we're, we're going to be a three or four kid family. Because I mean, I'm one of four. Okay. Um, she's just one of two. She has a sister. But, um, you know, now we're like, I, I think we're, we're feeling, we're still feeling pretty good. We'll have one more. Mm-hmm. But four, I don't think, I, I don't think we, we're, we're, we're going to make four. It's just... <laughs> It's you can one, consult you know, with me first if you want. Yeah. Yeah. You I'll talk to my mom a little bit. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, I consider three a big family. Three, I do too. Th- three, three plus. Especially today. I feel like a lot of people stop it too. Um, mm-hmm. I know. And I, I got this a lot once we had three, they were like, well, once you have three, like three people say three adds that like extra chaos, like because you're outnumbered so what's four but (laughs) honestly like what's four it's one more kid it's still a lot more it's like yeah it's already crazy at three but like four it's another human that you're taking care of and um it's you're you're adding that crazy one more time so you know and people like to ask what was the hardest transition zero to one one to two two to you know and (laughs) i i honestly think the chaos is crazy now but the the zero to one that's hard you've never yeah. Taking care of another human being. You've never had to, you know, basically your life kind of revolves around this, making sure this baby is safe and taken care of. And I think that's probably looking back was the hardest full on transition. I would totally agree. I mean, your, your whole life changes like yeah. after going from no kids to one. So, I mean, I would say right now I'm feeling, I mean, you know, I, I'm feeling considerably more confident like having the second one, like, all right, like I kind of know how it's going to go. You've done it before. You know, some of the tricks, you know, kind of like, you know, how it's going to go. Granted, it's going to be hard because now there's two. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I feel a little more prepared now than I did after the, or before number one. I think the <laughs> biggest thing is knowing that the sleepless nights will get better. Cause that's what felt like, yeah. is this, is, am I ever going to sleep again? 
the first time. <laughs> That's, you know, it's really funny. Monica still makes fun of me to this day. On day two of being home with McKenna, I like very uh, exaggeratedly like proclaim like after an, our second night of no sleeping, like I don't know how I can be a professional <laughs> runner anymore. I'm gonna have to quit. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a little premature, but yeah, it do, it it does get better. That's that's the important thing. But looking so. back too, I always think of, cause you know, you're in med school and you're going to be a resident. Like I always think, man, there could be no better career to get you prepared for sleepless nights with a baby than being a medical <laughs> in your medical residency. That's so true. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You just kind of get used to, I mean, I always have said that runners in general are tougher people and yeah. I think are, are, are more built for just like the hardships of, of general life. But yes, I would definitely add that on that. Like, yeah, having the kids and getting used to like just sleeping terribly because the baby was up all night and then still on half and then still having to go do a normal day. Um, I think that definitely is a good prep for what I've got ahead. <laughs> yeah. I remember my OB, she's never had babies of her own, but she, I remember she said, um, after my first baby, she said, if you can get like a good four hour stretch at one time, you're going to be okay. Like of sleep. Like if you're, you can get one four hour stretch, you're going to be okay. And then you can move on from there and, you know, you can get like little naps here and there. But I remember I just held her opinion with the utmost respect because I knew how many sleepless nights she had spent delivering babies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting though, that you're having number two and, um, you know, you got the trials done and over with, beforehand and um does your does your wife run so she she ran in college so oh, Hartwick was, was a d3 school okay so she was like super competitive um like with herself and in her league and everything um and then she now basically since having mckenna she's transitioned to enjoying more of the the the, the class-based stuff like oh, the okay. bar uh -huh. and the, the hot yoga and things like that but um but yeah so she she was a big runner but now she she claims the running isn't 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 so fun for her anymore so she's moved on yeah and she can always she might always phase back to it you never know oh i think she'll be back yeah. definitely <laughs> Okay, so one more running question before we do into the podcast questions. I'm uh -huh. just curious because I know that you ran in the 2016 Olympic trials in the 10K. So you play seventh then. So one just has to wonder, should the trials go on, will you go after the 10K? It's a good question. Um, and I think I've pretty much said no or like I, I okay. decided against it um for a few reasons I mean the decision has been made a little easier in light of everything that's going on because there's no I would need to get a qualifying time uh -huh. and there's like everything's been canceled and postponed sure. um and the race of course is on like a Thursday or something which would mean I would have to take a whole week off from school and at this point I've kind of burned <laughs> all the time off from school I can get away with yeah um so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much it, like I could do it if I really wanted to. I could, you know, and you. But you got to pick and choose your, your battles. And I think at this point, I'd be more excited about running another big marathon and like kind of seeing out my potential in that. Okay. Granted, I I do miss the track. I do, but uh, you know, but yeah. So that's my answer for that. Yeah, it's pretty. Then it's pretty clear that that's what your gut instinct tells you, and that's where your heart is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that'll be exciting to hear what sounds like you're uh, definitely going to do that fall marathon. So maybe yeah, it depends on how, how baby yeah. number two goes. Yeah. No, like I'm probably going to get something in the books before July okay. uh, when the baby comes. So yeah, we'll just, again, it'll be another little experiment. Let's see. Let's see how I can do off of the second one. It'll be right. It'll kind of be similar timing to how McKenna came and okay. then I ran a marathon that, that late fall, early winter. So It'll be the same thing, just times two. So. And question: Do you do the get up in the middle of the night? I know that with if your wife breastfeeds, that that's kind of challenging because she's the one doing the feeding. But do you do you partake in that? 
So th- this is a perfect time for me to give a shout out to my my hero of a wife. Okay. So she she does breastfeed and okay. she's you know pretty adamant about that. And she breastfed McKenna for a year. Wow. Um, and yeah, so she'll plan on doing the same thing. And she kind of just yeah, I mean overnight she's like, look, I you need to sleep to be able to take care of me during the day, like me take care of her. And, uh, and I mean, it's just, when you're breastfeeding, it just doesn't really make sense, um, for both of us to get up to be tired. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I, I do my part. I, you know, during the day I do pretty much all the cooking, cleaning, um, make sure. Yeah. So yeah, she does, she does the nights, which is, pretty crucial actually for any sort of running to be happening as well so uh thank you monica thank you monica yeah running. hopefully, ho- hopefully we can do that again this next time around <laughs> Let, let's get monica subscribed to the podcast so she listens to this shout out she just got oh i'll i'll make sure she knows <laughs> okay let's wrap up with the end of the podcast questions great what is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you have not done yet? I mean, really just at this point, the main thing I want to do is get my a degree that says MD on it. Yep. So I can, so I can uh, finally call myself Dr. Heher officially for the first time. That is something I've been looking forward to for a long time. So do you know what you want to specialize in um, or, if you, look, or, or if you want to specialize? Yeah, I'm, leaning very heavily towards anesthesiology oh okay so mm-hmm. so that should be fun okay what is an accomplishment you're most proud of oh gosh well this is a hard one um but you know since this is a running centric podcast i i gotta go with um the syracuse team winning our 2015 did um n- n- national title in cross country that was something that we all worked towards for a long time and kind of having it come true was really, really special. Well, and just so everybody knows your same teammate from that team also placed top 10 with you at the trials this year, right? Yes. Yep. Colin Benny shout out ninth place at the trials out in his marathon debut. That's amazing. 212. That's yep. amazing. That's pretty special that you guys share both of those experiences. Oh yeah. I mean, I even said, um, I think I wrote it maybe on like, uh, my Instagram post after the race. Like I, like we were side by side, like mile 22. And I was literally thinking in the race, in the trials race, like, man, this is feeling just like it was in the 2015 cross country national championship. Cause we were side by side for most of that race too. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a really cool kind of comparison. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh gosh. So recent, we're going to be loose with that term (laughs) because I don't get, I don't get to read books anymore. Um, but I'm making my way through, um, why am I, um, it's called the emperor of all maladies. So it it is a medical related book, but it's not. So it's, it's, it's essentially like a, a biography of cancer of like the, the, the disease of, of cancer and just kind of how it's like first cropped up and like how people thought of it. And it's, it's a really cool, it's just a really cool book. And I'm, I'm like two thirds the way through and you just kind of learn a lot and it, it's written in a way um, that anyone can read it. It's not like super medically dense or anything like that, but it's called the emperor of all maladies. So, and yeah, I think the best way to describe it is, is, is a biography of, of cancer. Man, so. sounds like something a doctor would read, but <laughs> I know it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's otherwise I like all the fan. I like fantasy and stuff. I've read like the Lord of the Rings and things like that. Those are all my favorites. Does it make you like more or less fearful of cancer? <laughs> um, I think, I think the more medically trained you become and like the more stuff you read like, like that, you kind of, you come a little more to terms with its it's really com- like it's unfortunately very common. Um, so I think it prepares you a little bit in the sense of like, yeah, I don't think it makes you more scared. I think it just kind of makes you like, all right, like this happens and we just got to deal with it. I'm going to tackle it when we can, how we can. When yeah. We can. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What's a nonprofit you like to support? Um, so 
what I mean, my I one I kind of really loved, especially during the time of the ice bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that. Oh yeah. Um, was the you know the the ALS fo- foundation. Um, my my grandmother actually died from ALS a long time ago. Okay. Um, so that's kind of been something that's always been a little, a, a little closer to home, um, and something that you know we have supported in the past. Yeah, it's a horrific disease. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. If you could have coffee, cocktail, or tea with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? Um, you know what? I think it would be really cool because I, I just keep getting so many kind of comparisons and uh, to him. It would be really cool to have coffee with Bob Ken- Kambanin. I think is how you say his last name. He's um, a 1996 marathon Olympian for the United States, and he also kind of competed and qualified during medical school or his residency one of the two um so he's now a doctor i think he's in minnesota um so yeah i just think he would be a really cool person to kind of see how his experience was kind of doing something very similar to what i'm doing you could probably get that you could probably work that out yeah i i do think i could probably work it out i i i agree so that that would be something that i'll probably maybe try to try to do in the near future you know because a lot of people answer like michelle obama you know ellen degeneres and it's like that might not happen but this sounds doable and also (laughs) now that you spoke it now you can you can put that on your bucket list it's yeah i should now it's i've put it out there so now i kind of have to (laughs) all right and what is your one message to send to the world one message to send to the world. Um, you know, I really, okay. I, it's going to be some, it's going to be, if, if there, there's always enough time to do what you want to do, you just have to set your alarm a little earlier. Mm, I love that's, it. That's, that's, that's true. I truly believe that there's always time, even when you don't think there is. So, yeah, I try really hard to say instead of, I don't have time. I am choosing not to make time for that. Yes. Right. Which is exactly what in reality is the case. Like yep. when people say they don't have time, no, you just don't want to do that enough. So you're choosing not to. Very so, good. I love that. Yeah. All right, Marty. Well, enjoy the rest of your kind of, I guess, alone <laughs> isolation <laughs> I, time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's now that I don't have any class, it's it's definitely a weird time, but there's always, always work to be done. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on and best of luck with that fall marathon that you decide to do. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you Been later. A pleasure. Thanks. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Again, I hope you guys are staying safe and we will get through this crazy time. I know it's feels very off for so many people. And so I'm thinking about you and if you're looking for a community during this time, I'm sure you have a million different Facebook groups you might be a part of, but we have a great Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I will link to that in the show notes. Please feel free to come there for a community and to bring up any kind of conversation or topic you want in there. There's a great group of people that are there to support you. Big thanks to Marty for coming on the show. You can find him on Twitter. He is Marty M A. R-D-Y underscore H-E-H-I-R on Twitter. And you can also find him on Instagram. He is Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, 10-K-H-E-H-I-R on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine, where we have that group as well that you should definitely join. Make sure you check out our sponsor of this episode, Defunkify. Go to defunkify.com and use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your first order. All right, friends. Have a really great rest of your day. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.